0: Hello and welcome to episode two of Think Tank. We recorded this episode live at the Wedgwood Rooms in Portsmouth. There are about 20 people there in the audience, but my, what are 20 people they were. You can also listen to this podcast. I'm very ill when this podcast is being recorded, um, appropriately for a health-themed podcast. So that is why, at points during the podcast, uh, I'd sound uh, like I'm really struggling to stay conscious I had one of the most horrible colds of my life, but luckily uh, I had a wonderful panel to uh, to be amusing and entertaining and take some of the pressure off of me. We had Keir Shields, the uh, doctor and, and campaigner. Uh, we had Ros Ryan, who is a comedian and uh, health journalist. And we also had Martin Raffelder from uh, the Socialist Health Group, a pressure group. There are some wonderful comedians, and you'll hear those in the podcast as well. I also edited this podcast myself, and it has taken me a long time. I do not know how to edit podcasts. I'm using a program called Audacity, which I would not recommend. It is a terrible program, but you can get it for free on the internet, and it will run on a £200 laptop. Um, But if any sound engineers are listening, and they would like to edit a podcast for... No money and no uh, gratitude or respect or I mean if anything, it will editing this podcast will damage your career as a sound engineer um, but if you would like to do that, then please do get in touch uh, either by Twitter at tweetthinktank or you can email me at email at gmail.com. Right, let's get on with the show.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage your host for Think Tank, Joe Wells! <laughs>
2: Hello. Hello. Hello! Welcome to Think Tank. It's a, a live comedy and debate show. It's not like question time, but with more swearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am Joe Wells, but you can call me David fucking Dimbleby. <laughs> so we are here tonight. This be a small crowd at the Wedgwood Rooms in Portsmouth. I like this is the right size crowd. I like a crowd that's kind of slightly larger than a Liberal Democrat conference that's the <laughs> size of crowd that I like. To say. I'm talking about the health tonight. Um, we'll talk about the NHS. I think the NHS is the greatest British achievement of the 20th century. Is that agreed? I mean the great, greatest achievement of the 21st century. Uh, Probably the auto-tune video of David Cameron singing Getting Piggy With It. (laughs) Um, Both both of those are great achievements. Uh, I think fundamentally both of those should be free at the point of access. That's a human right. I'm an unhealthy man. I'm quite fat. Um, I'm fat in the the stomach, which is the worst place to be fat. That'll kill you for fat in the stomach. But I still... I'm fat because I like eating pizza more than I like being alive. The decision I've made in my life. But if I had children, I would care about their health, not too much, but an, an appropriate amount. I had a friend who cared about her child's health too much. She wouldn't let her child use a mobile phone because she was worried that mobile phones might cause uh, brain tumours and that then the child would die. But If mobile phones do cause brain tumors, we're all gonna die. It's like the film The Road, only the only people left alive are the kind of mollycoddled middle-class children whose parents wouldn't let them use mobile phones. And they would be dead within weeks because they have no survival skills. They can't forage for... We're Noah. Uh, If you've seen The Road, you'll know the only ones that survive the apocalypse are the cannibals. And the middle-class children can never be cannibals because cannibalism isn't vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, jokes are more controversial. I was uh, homeopathy is very, very uh, controversial. We in Portsmouth we have a local MP who supports homeopathy. Um, she's a Tory MP, and you understand why the Tories support homeopathy because the Tories have David Cameron, and he is like a kind of homeopathic prime minister. Yeah, that he'd be more effective if we drowned him <laughs> uh, you know, our controversial treatment was on the NHS gender reassignment surgery and some people support, some people don't uh, Richard Littlejohn, the right-wing Daily Mail columnist, wrote a uh, column on gender realignment reassignment surgery and uh, he said that he's in favour of gender reassignment surgery, sex changes being available on the NHS but only if you are legitimately transgender <laughs> I can't think of any other reason why (laughs) want to have a sex change on the NHS. Maybe it's a stag dude that's really got out of (laughs) hand. I'm now going to introduce uh, a good friend of mine, our roving reporter for the show, to help get the opinions of you, the public. Please give a round of applause, Gareth Richards.
1: Hello, hello Gareth. So I've I've got having problems with leads already because I've got a microphone on the lead so that I can go all around the room and talk to the people of Portsmouth. What's, what's the feeling out there moment, Gareth? Oh, so let's go out amongst the people of Portsmouth. Oh, it's very exciting here. <laughs> I can feel the anticipation, Joe, from here. They're looking forward to thinking in the Think Tank. They're, they've got questions bubbling around their brains. Oh, it's alive with electricity. But what was your experience in journalism, Parsley? Have you done much of reporting? I haven't done an awful lot of journalism. Although, to, in practice for journalism, I did hack into your um, answer phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got. PPI are interested in you, <laughs> they're getting in touch, um, your mum left a message, she wants my phone number, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that joke before I knew your mum was going to be in the room, I know that I would have met her. Well, we're going we're gonna to put you in your box for now, I'm Yeah, I'm going back you, okay I'm in the corner over here, yes. <laughs>
2: uh, we're going to introduce our, our first uh, panellist. He was trained at Cambridge University Medical School. He's a blogger, campaigner, and he's the star of BBC Three's Junior Doctors. And he's proved that with NHS waiting lists, the best way to see a doctor is to on a satirical
1: panther <laughs> Please, welcome stage, Keir Shields. Hey, he- y-
2: He is from the campaigning group Socialist Health, who were personally thanked by Jeremy Corbyn in his late super exception speech. Uh he's been here since seven o'clock and he hasn't sung the national anthem yet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so please welcome to the stage Communist Scum. Martin <laughs> <laughs> Welcome Martin Thank you. Uh, our... Shall Uh sing now. So you sing now?
3: Yes.
2: A big me wants to say yes, but I feel like it'll open a door in a show that we can never close. Um, well, welcome welcome. straight. Uh Welcome to my final panelists. Uh, she is a uh, journalist who writes for The Guardian by day, and she's also a stand-up comedian by night, and she lives in Brighton. So please welcome to the stage, the least likely person to ever vote to UKIP. <laughs> going to work is we're going to have we have three comedians uh they're going to come up one at a time and they are going to put forward their health policy to you they're going to speak uh, at the mic uh for about five minutes uh, to argue their case and they're going to then join us on the panel where we're going to have a talk about uh, their policy and um, so you will uh, welcome I, our first guest uh, ladies and gentlemen please put your hands together nick revel <clears throat>
4: Okay, Um, well, it's a bit intimidating, frankly, to have to come up with a a health policy uh, when you know nothing about the complexities of of running such a massive and difficult uh, institution. Uh, I know nothing about the statistics or the finances that would put me in a position to talk about it. Obviously, those, uh, those terms do indeed qualify me for being Secretary of State for health under the current uh, administration, but I would never take that job because I don't believe in uh, using people's ill health uh, as a means for profit for private companies. Um, So I thought I'd go down a more personal route and try see if I could extrapolate something from my own personal conditions. I think generally I'm quite fortunate in that I am pretty healthy. I exercise a lot. Uh, I do do Tai Chi, which... uh, A lot of people think it's just a tomazepam ballet, but in fact (laughs) it's a very good way of keeping fit and healthy. Uh, My diet's quite good, although the downsides, uh, the the bad things that I do, I I drink a lot. Uh, I'm what the Americans would call a functioning alcoholic. (laughs) What the British would call British. (laughs) What the Irish would call a lightweight. (laughs) Uh, And I I, I don't smoke anymore. Uh, I know I've stopped smoking because I've struggled... With this for a long time, but I know I've cracked it now because the real test is of you might recognise—if you really stop smoking is if you can still smoke the occasional cigarette now and again without <laughs> starting regularly. And, and my willpower is so strong; I can smoke up to twenty or thirty occasional cigarettes. Then. <laughs> so that's, that's a good sign. The reason that I, I drink and, and smoke so much, I realise, is uh, because I get angry all the time. I just get angry about big things and small things but I get angry about all kinds of things. I get angry about small things like people who bump into you because they're too busy texting to look where they're going, especially when they're in a car. That can (laughs) can really just cramp your whole day. The the main thing that gets me angry is because I watch the news. Uh, I don't know about you but I can't usually get through a news bulletin without a couple of stiff fuckers Uh, And that can really ruin your breakfast. Uh, I mean, I don't need to go into detail. It's just everything, isn't it? I mean, the Tory conference this week, that speaks for itself. One detail that occurred to me was watching Osborne there smiling in that smug, self-satisfied way like he's... Was back at school with some smaller boy tied to a desk in a soundproof study, so he could take all the time he would like to uh, choose which cane to thrash him with. Uh, I won't go into more details about. I'll be here all night. Although well, the other thing that occurred to me is that if Theresa May ever finds out about my Portuguese Jewish Jamaican heritage, she'll probably deport me. Uh, so, but I, I, I yeah. I, I, the thing that enrages me uh, related to that is that statistic that Oxfam first came out with a couple of years ago about the fact that the 85 richest people on the planet have as much wealth as the poorest 3.5 billion, the poorest 50%. Uh, now, you know, maybe I'm wrong to object to that, maybe I'm just too much of a romantic, I watched too much Robin Hood when I was a kid, but that seems un- inherently unfair to me. As I say, it's quite possible that I've got it all wrong and then what happened was... All those 3.5 billion and 85 people all went to exactly the same school at exactly the same time, had exactly the same opportunities, and 3.5 billion of them dicked around while the other 85 worked really hard, but I'm doubtful on that. Um, These are the kind of things that get me angry. The other thing that annoys me is I think to myself, well, if I don't watch the news, then I won't get angry about anything, but given that my job self-appointed mission in life is to be a comedian who tells jokes in the hope of changing people's uh, attitudes to these kind of things. I can't stop watching the news and that makes me angry as well. Also it makes me angry that I'm so pompous and presumptuous to think that my jokes could possibly have any effect on making the world a better place. But as I say, the the main threat to my health personally uh, is, is my anger and the way to destroy my Anger and get rid of it, uh, and this would be the policy that I would propose in order to help me get rid of my anger, is to abolish the iniquities of an unfair global economic system. Uh, you have 30 seconds starting now. <laughs> Thanks very so
2: much. So uh, we're, we're going to go to uh, Kia first. Right. How much of an effect
5: does Nick's anger have on his health? Well, it can have a, a, a huge effect on on his health. I mean, uh, you know, having having raised blood pressure all the time is bound to um, kind of have a, a deleterious effect on your on, on your on your physical health, but also obviously um, on your mental health. But um, the one thing I wouldn't want to do is, is is just to remove that anger kind of chemically from you, because um, <laughs> because because that anger is important. That is driving you. That anger is actually driving you to put forward this radical and amazing idea. And if you didn't have that anger, the world would just go to shit, man. I mean, there'd be nobody getting angry about iniquity if we didn't have anger. I mean, have, have, have you not watched Inside Out? The Pixar movie? Can you imagine what would happen if anger no longer lived inside your head? you would just be a, a kind of blubbering pushover. Good. And no one wants that. you would be out of a
4: job. Absolutely. So, so it's important. So it's, 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 it is an important part. of it. It's one of your
5: your main kind of what we call amygdaloid emotions. One of the, the emotions that's, that's coming from kind of deep deep within your animal instincts, and it's really important to have it. So although it's bad to have too much of it, um, having some of it is really good. And I think your health would be bad if you had no anger at all.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So, so you think that sort of that uh, that. The, the, the existential rage, if you like, sort of balances out the chemical rage? I, I would hope so.
5: Um, but then again, I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm a paediatrician, so most of my role is pretty much to give people stickers until they stop crying. Um, that, that would work for me. Yeah. So, so um, you can have a vodka calpol, um, that's my idea of adult that's, medicine, that sounds <laughs> and, fantastic. and uh, a bravery sticker. And instead, and instead of changing the entirety of the world economic system, I'm just suggesting that that approach might be a bit cheaper.
4: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. So, can, can people have not enough anger then? Is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. They, uh, they know me as well. Those people.
5: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, if if I can get all serious for a second, is my it's my serious voice. Um, a lot of uh, very serious mental illnesses are caused by uh, a lack of kind of um, what's the best way of of phrasing it a a sudden inability for the the brain to to become sparked to become ignited and when you're uh, you're, you're depressed and suicidal the worst and most dangerous time for you is actually when you start getting better when you start getting the drive back to act on your, your impulses when you get your anger back um, and so anger is uh, anger is important because with, without it you do you do end up being, being very flat and uh, very uh, you know easily uh, easily walked over. <laughs> I just want to ask my master because what, we, what we're talking about here is, is the re,
2: the relationship between uh, political systems and people's personal <laughs> health. I mean, they, you know, what, what I guess what is a Tory government bad for people's health? <laughs> uh,
3: there is some evidence of mental illness. Government, or well, under the previous government, because it's too soon to tell with this one. Uh, Another interesting thing is that money doesn't make people happier. If you examine the uh, the happiness, what people report about their happiness, rich people don't appear to be any happier than poor people. When they get richer, they report being happy for a little while, but once they've settled down with more money than they had before. Then it doesn't seem to make much difference. So the people who are not convinced that those 85 very rich people are much happier than the other 5 billion who aren't so rich. I think I think you're
2: probably right, right. So, Ross. We're, uh, I also want to talk about uh, the smoking bit, Ross. Who's whose fault is it that Nick smokes?
6: <laughs> Ultimately, it is your fault. Um, I mean, no one is literally saying smoke or will. I don't know, shoot you or your family or something like. No, that No, but I'm saying to myself, smoke or I'll shoot them. <laughs> True. It's <laughs> kind of, um, I mean, you can. There are other ways to smoke without so much impact on you. You can still be angry at them. So you could try. I mean, rollies are meant to be better for you, mm. or new e-cigarettes are actually sort of they have a 95% better effect on your health mm. there is a better effect on cigarettes than. Mm natural smoking, or you could try, I mean, there's a a craving for cigarettes are meant to last about five minutes, so one of the most popular things to do if you do have a craving for a cigarette is to sing "Barbar Black Sheep to yourself three times, and that might make you look mad, but it will stop you wanting to have a cigarette. Okay, Um, okay, Let's try that. Yeah. So I'm wondering, uh, Gareth,
1: is there anyone in the audience who you think might have something uh, yeah, so hands up in the audience if you have any questions and I'll come and find you. Anyone, anyone got any questions? There's a man right at the front here. What's your name, sir? Andrew. Andrew. Lovely to meet you, Andrew. What, what do you do for a living, Andrew? I'm a politician. I'm a councillor. Ha-ha! I found <laughs> him! He's a councillor. Okay, um, what's your question, Andrew? I um, that
4: not a bit mean to me but what sort of system would you like to change it to? Well... That's a good question, isn't it? Um, A lot of people uh, have been talking about that for a while, I suppose. Um, I would certainly like to see a system where uh, the wealth was distributed in a fairer sense, which uh, uh, I think is quite clearly uh, not the case at the moment. I mean, the question
1: is with redistributing wealth, if it doesn't make anyone any happier, what's the point? (laughs) 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 Uh, Anyone got any questions? Any questions? No, everyone's quite happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My question would be, um, is alcohol and nicotine a good medicine for anger? I I think it depends on what
5: you mean by a good medicine. because is a good medicine defined simply by the fact that it treats the symptom? Uh, well, well, yes, but the side effects are, are, are pretty pretty powerful. And um, we, we know that uh, there are lots of chemotherapies, for example, that, that, that work well against certain kinds, types of cancer, but we'd rather they had a lower side effect profile. I think we can do better, and that's why we, we need to be looking at, 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 at you know, more progressive treatments uh, that work. Just as well, if not better, but with fewer side effects, and that's the problem that alcohol and, and uh, cigarettes have. It's it's not so much the, the nicotine that's the really bad element of cigarette. It's it's everything else that's that's uh, that's in it. So, would you ever advise a patient not to uh, give up smoking at a certain time? Yeah, I mean, smoking works works very well for ulcerative colitis. Uh, two cigarettes a day um, really really knocks your symptoms on the head. That's that's an awkward one. Uh, again, not sanctioned by uh, NICE or the National Health Service, but, uh, but, but weirdly true. Um, so, so, yeah, there, there are some times when, when you may want to cut people, people's smoking down to a, a kind of safer level. But generally speaking, going from one cigarette a day to nothing has a bigger impact on your, your, your longevity and quality of life than going from 20 down to one. So stopping entirely is far, far better than cutting down. I think we're
2: close to the end of our, our first session, are there any more, Gareth, is there anyone else in the audience that wants to?
1: Any more
4: questions? Uh, I've got a question.
3: Do, do smoking, drinking and fighting help you change the world? Because that's what you said you were trying that's to do. That's a good point, isn't it? Yeah. Uh,
4: well, it depends on your citing, doesn't it? And how you're them, I suppose.
1: Martin, you're from um, Socialist Health. Um, How can you change the world? Can we change the world in any way? Is it worth trying? Nick's trying to do it with jokes, but feels like that might not be producing the change they would like. But are there
3: things that we can do to change things, do you think? Yeah, well, I I suppose I've got to think that, because I'm a full-time paid agitator. If, If I didn't feel I was changing the world somehow, I'd be wasting my time, wouldn't I? But how much scope there really is, is hard to tell.
1: What would be, I mean, I, don't, I think I'd probably do nothing to change the world. Well, you've um, grown a,
3: you've got a beard. What, Where would be a good place to start, do you think? Well, you have to grow a beard to start with. <laughs> yeah. That to be the, the key message
2: of the last few weeks. The, the, the argument that's being made uh, you know, against a lot of the kind of culture around Corbyn is, is that people's anger is making them do things, with, you know, particularly around the protesters, behave in a way that's unproductive. A lot of the, the Labour kind of centre ground is saying, I understand why these protesters are angry but their, their anger is making them do stuff that's, that's not mm. destructive. Uh, is, is that what, what do you think of that, Martin? That yeah, that... they're
3: headbangers. I mean, they're mostly nothing to do with Corbyn or the Labour Party, The people who you know, throw eggs and spit at people. They're people who, who enjoy demonstrations and think that demonstrations will change the world. Well, I've been on lots of demonstrations, <laughs> and none of them change the world. i <laughs>
1: have <laughs> got a question from Tom, uh, who's a student. What do you study? Uh, Musical theatre. So. A question from Tom, our musical theatre student. Um, is it Martin? Sorry. Um, a question about democracy and voting. Um, as a student, I myself voted in the
2: last generation, but so many of my friends didn't bother voting. You met it, did not vote.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's Let's name and shame everyone <laughs> right, Come on. Where are you? I actually. Uh, I'm going to keep my mouth shut, but I didn't vote. <laughs> I was in the Middle East. And I, there was admin to do to mean that I could do the vote from somewhere else. That did not happen. Okay, sorry. Um, so, in terms of sort of changing things in democracy, how does that
2: begin to happen if you know, students who are you know, a lot of the population here in Portsmouth and also you know, across the whole of the country, how, does that, how
3: do you begin to change things if nobody's actually engaging in voting? Well, the difficulty with democracy is that you have to believe change the world. My impression is that most of the people who didn't vote thought that it didn't make any difference. Now, I think they're probably wrong, but how can I persuade them of that? I mean Corbyn may 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 change the world if people believe in him, then maybe he can change the world. I mean many of my political friends are very sceptical about whether he can deliver what people hope he can deliver. But It's like, you know, it's like a religious leader. Religious leaders have power. They may be completely bonkers and deluded, but if everybody believes in them, they become powerful. We have to wrap up this
0: section. There you go. What a bombshell to leave the first half on. The knowledge that if we all believe in Jeremy Corbyn, that he will become powerful. It's like some kind of magical creature. If we all just close our eyes and wish really hard... Then Jeremy Corbyn will become Prime Minister. We had a policy there from Nick Revel, who is one of the best comedians working today. He also has his own podcast called No Pressure to Be Funny. Go and check those out. There's a whole load of them, and they are free, just like this podcast is free. And if you're feeling a bit guilty for listening to something for free, which costs it costs money to make these podcasts, but they are free on the internet. If you feel guilty about that there is some ways that you can pay us back you can go to itunes you can give us a five star rating you can give us a nice review you can subscribe to the podcast what that means is that when we put out new episodes of the podcast we get a whole load of new downloads on one day so it helps to to, to boost the podcast when it first uh, comes out and you can also recommend the podcast to a friend just tell one friend if everybody told one friend about the podcast then we could double our listenership so please do that all right, on with the second half. In the interval of the show, we asked audience members to write down and, and suggest uh, home remedies and, and miracle cures. And uh, we asked them to say what the home remedy was and what would be cured by that remedy. And we opened the second section by reading out some of those suggestions for home cures and home remedies uh, and seeing what our panel thought of them. <laughs> yeah, we're
2: going go to go To cure passive aggression... You just need to ban post it notes.
6: You'd have to do it with Twitter as well because that's like the online form of post it notes, isn't it? We're going back
5: to the next policy of banning everything. <laughs> I noticed I notice you didn't ask me about passive aggression.
2: Secure <laughs> <laughs> cure headlines, you just need mayonnaise. It doesn't say what you do with it, you
5: just need to own some mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, that's, that's one that I do know about, given my, my field, in, and Permethrin is better than helmets. <laughs> yeah. uh, to cure, this is a
2: very, very exciting one, a crowd pleaser, to cure education, you just need
1: Michael Gove. <laughs> hey! Go it. <laughs> I've got, uh, got one Joe, to cure athlete's foot, you just need to suck it long time. <laughs> uh, uh, vet it in these? Amputation works
5: very well. Amputation? Yeah.
2: To cure a migraine, you just need to masturbate in your car. <laughs> And the word your is underlined.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't have a car and I don't get migraines. So. Enough but, sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do get migraines,
6: um, but that's not one I've tried, so. Well, Thank you to whoever suggested that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not driving me to the station, are you? No. Um, not now, anyway. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're going to welcome on our our next policymaker. Her name is Izzy Lawrence. She's fantastic. Let's have a round of applause for Izzy Lawrence.
7: Either this wallpaper goes or I will. The last words of the late, great Oscar Wilde. Now, I put it to you, ladies and gentlemen, that this wasn't a sort of random quip to get a nurse to snigger just before you pop the clogs. I put it to you, this was a dying man pleading for his life. I put it to you that if anybody changed that wallpaper, he might still be alive. You're <laughs> looking okay, apathetic and
6: sceptical.
7: Fair enough. Okay, all I'm saying is beauty is important. What is the point of living if the world you are living in is ugly? Okay, now aesthetics are a maligned part of our health service. Okay? Hospitals generally are ugly, the most ugly part of our hospitals, the patients. <laughs> We all know that flowers make you better, make you feel better. Why do they do that? Because they're pretty. It's very difficult, if, in my case, if I'm feeling poorly, to make myself feel better, to look in the mirror and see a beautiful bronze beauty. All I see is the ghost of Sue Perkins.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's you. <laughs> um,
7: but yeah, I mean, the point is, I've wanted like, to buy an experience, right? When I was about 15, okay, I had this really serious disease. Okay, It's a really serious disease, it's called glandular fever, you can die from it, I don't, think, I don't know if you can die from it But yeah, that, Yeah, kissing disease, I oh, know, yeah, that's uh, 15, yeah, kissing disease, boom Probably got it from a dog um, But uh, no, it's, it is a serious illness, so you get proper ill with glandular fever And you know it's proper serious disease because it's done with a blood test So you know that means it's serious because blood tests, they hurt more, so it must be serious that's, uh, and it takes a couple of days to tell you. I found out anyway. I was getting really sick. Okay, and I got like loads of like steroids and stuff. But it had I was sick for like over a week, and the steroids hadn't worked yet until my mum, right, bought me a present. And it wasn't more medicine. It wasn't a book or some music or like that. No, it was some sunglasses. So she bought me some sunglasses, and instantly, right, I put them on. My vision was slightly like obscured, so looking in the mirror was wonderful, and also it showed off my cheekbones. Immediate cure. But I think we need to fundamentally reconsider what we want from healthcare. I mean, do we want to be healthy, or do we want to feel good by looking good? Uh, So, anyone who has tanned in the sun knows potential skin cancer is worth the deep glow um, that only cell-damaging UV radiation can achieve. Uh, Anyone who's had a really amazing haircut knows how damn good it makes you feel. What I'm trying to get you to consider is, is it worth having a long happy life, or is it worth looking and therefore feeling amazing for a short amount of time? So I propose a new slogan for the NHS, which is, live fast, die young, make a good looking corpse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these days, hairdressers are relatively cheap compared to GPs. GPs only spend eight minutes with you. Hairdressers will spend the afternoon and uh, your holidays and make you feel and look fantastic. So. Um, I think if there's one thing that Facebook has taught us is that leading a good, happy life is impossible, but making awesome pictures lying to your friends is certainly doable and often better. So I want to impose an Instagram filter over all of us. Okay? Um, yes, you may be dying of an infectious disease, but that doesn't mean that people won't want to hang around with you. So yes, basically, instead of worrying about the health of the nation, let us move on to a more real and primary focus. Statisticians, it's hard to say statisticians, particularly when you're reading it, but statisticians uh, need to only concern themselves with one quantifiable variable. How fuckable everybody is.
2: <laughs> so uh, so next- the battle. Don't worry about health, just make people look healthy and it will be fine.
6: Uh, weirdly, there was actually a study done a couple of years ago that proved that people who ate more fruit and vegetables actually had a healthier glow. And when they were, they compared the before and after pictures, um, other people rated the after pictures when they've been eating more fruit and veg as more attractive. So in fact, being healthier does make you more attractive.
2: So you're arguing the other way, you're arguing that health will make people more yeah. attractive.
6: Yeah,
7: how do you explain most models? If that is the case, makeup can do a lot, guys. That's yeah, all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. You know, and why put yourself through exercise and torture when you can just cover it up? <laughs> they, all look, they all look very sad. Though. Sorry, um, sorry, it's bigger than the microphone. They all look very sad. All models look very sad. What was name? They're... Jenny says all models look very sad. That is because they are cool, Jenny. Unlike you. <laughs> 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 it's not very no, it <laughs> no, it's because they're so thin they haven't eaten anything. Yes, yes they look. Yes,
2: they hungry. So, yeah. I mean, what you're really arguing for is is very similar to homeopathy, which I know you oppose. You're arguing for something which doesn't have a physical health benefit, but will make people feel feel like they're better off so... But, yeah... But But do
3: you distinguish? What's the difference between
7: being healthy and feeling healthy?
5: Exactly. There
7: is the point. I'm siding with the anarchist. (laughs) I
5: I think you're sort of onto something here, actually. Um, Because one of the reasons why I love working in paediatrics, and one of the reasons why I'm sure kids get better much quicker than adults, is because have you ever been to a children's ward compared to the rest of a hospital? it's colourful, it's exciting, there are clowns there's music, there are playstations there's stuff to do, you can get covered in glitter every day you can spend your your lunch break colouring um, it's, like it's awesome, stickers. it's fun, you get stickers you can cover your entire body with stickers and do an entire ward round dressed as Disney characters or Santa Claus and when you go to, to an adult ward it's all just so beige like the the, the, the Walls are beige, and the patients are beige, and the staff are beige, and
6: yeah, a bit, a bit of
5: colour makes you get better quicker, and it, it, really, it really makes it a, a much nicer place to work. I'm not sure that I'd necessarily start giving many of my patients boob jobs, as you were <laughs> suggesting, instead of cardiac surgery, but in terms of, you know, fancy costumes and a bit of glitter, I'm all over that.
7: Wouldn't it be nicer to have a boob job... Look down and go ah, oh, and then die.
5: Than <laughs> <laughs> to go through cardiac surgery. I think I'd be, pro- I think I'd be pronouncing the R oh slightly differently. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. You remember the Kier and paediatrics.
7: I know. I, I realised that when I said we should have just statistics, statistics saying how fuckable everybody was, that like, would put you out of a job. But uh, yeah, but. For kids, it could just be, you know, just put them in a rosy glow chamber and just spray paint them like you would've come. <laughs> I have never waited as long to get my hair done as I have in A&E. That is,
6: So imagine
7: having, like, okay, yes, you're bleeding to death, but you're looking fabulous while it's happening.
6: Weirdly, there is some new scheme that they're proposing at the moment to retrain barbers as counsellors because they know that men don't talk about their health, they don't go to their doctors. But of course they do talk to their barbers, so they are now trying to encourage barbers to do some basic counselling training. So if guys go in, you know, want something for the weekend, no, my wife has left me, everything is awful. <laughs> then they'll be able to deal with that rather than just going, oh. So it's kind of, yeah, I can see maybe getting beauty workers to actually kind of help at a more uh, emotional level. It's, it's, it's much easier. You mentioned boot jobs, the Josie kind of
2: uh, Kicks okay, the, the young woman who has a boob job in the NHS. What would you, if you weren't in
5: paediatrics, kid? Would you perform that surgery? Would you? Go um, I'm, I'm not really very good at surgery. Um, <laughs> as, that's why I went into paediatrics. I think you've got to have a certain level of kind of lack of ham-fistedness. Uh, I think if I did the the, the the boob job, she'd end up with one on each knee. Um <laughs> Which which isn't probably what she was looking for. Um, good, good padding. I, don't know, I think you'd get <laughs> give, <laughs> give,
7: that would work. boobs on the knee. Can you Imagine that'd be quite sort like because imagine a guy feeling a knee. That would be like a whole. That would be like you know instead the first move, that's like you know move number three done and one got the boob right. That would be
0: especially if you could put like horns in them. That'd be. I'd
7: say I'd say boobs on the knee could be a place to go. Are you
2: changing a policy from. Uh, the, the original <laughs> policy to boobs on the knees.
6: <laughs>
7: <laughs>
6: boobs on the knees for everybody. Yeah, why not? Yeah, don't be sexist. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
7: explored the limits of plastic surgery, and I think that's what we're, we're saying here. Everybody in this room could be made beautiful with odd boobs and... It's actually a, a bit of a though, isn't it? It's kind of a yeah. kind of Picasso way. But to, <laughs> the original, to the original point of this woman who everybody because it went on Facebook, she got a boob job on the NHS, and everyone went, oh, this is a terrible waste of money. Do you know how much therapy costs compared to a boob job? So you can give somebody a boob job, make them happy, and she's very, very happy, and save a lot of money on psychotherapy.
2: What what is the evidence base for for, for making people happy? Does uh, her just,
6: face? It she was lot! <laughs> <laughs> if you have, uh, there has been quite a lot of studies done into this, and then one of the sort of reviews of all the studies was if you have realistic expectations of what your surgery will do for you, you are happier as a result. But if you have unrealistic expectations, obviously you become more depressed afterwards, and then you seek to have more surgery because you're trying to. ...to convert yourself in some way. What is usually called um, effective use of resources policies. Yes. Right?
3: Yes. And I've, I've sat on lots of committees that have studied, uh, have considered these over the years, long long periods. And they, most of the things that they want to restrict are in some way cosmetic or sexual, sex changes, boot jobs, those kinds of things, which, as you say, are actually relatively cheap compared with the cost of putting somebody in a psychiatric unit for a week or two. And we we spend a lot of m- time and effort trying to restrict things which essentially on a rather moral basis without actually looking at whether the evidence would support giving people and surgery then, if they think it would make and them happy. Aesthetics is important and aesthetics is also useful for function
5: because I mean, I've done uh, jobs on, on burns units before and I remember one chap that I uh, that I met, who had got out of his shower one day, and he'd, he'd recently been been circumcised uh, for for reasons that, that we need not go into,
0: and was he, he, had, down. he had a <laughs> and he had a, a scar that he was
5: supposed to massage with E forty five other moisturisers are available, and instead of picking up his E forty five because he didn't have his contacts in, he picked up his girlfriend's Vite, the depilatory cream. Oh. And, and rub that into his John Thomas quite, quite vigorously, to the extent that he ended up with uh, grade, grade two burns uh, all, all over his, his member. Um, and, and in order to bring any sort of function back to that, um, between the bouts of laughter that he was having, because uh, he was able to see the funny side of it, uh, which I've never really understood. Uh, <laughs> which, which side of it was funny? <laughs> um, you'll notice that we're all sitting, crossing our legs now. Yeah. The entire uh, audience, but, even but women, are just going. Oh. We had to, we had to work significantly on the on the cosmetic aspect as well as the the functional aspect because because um, it, it was equally important. And I think it is important to bear in mind that when patients are in bed, they should. Have their hair done and have their makeup on and be smart and feel that they can be wearing their own clothes instead of a, a horrid gown that, that leaves their back open to the elements and they can't walk to the toilet without their balls being on show from behind. I think that's really important <laughs> uh, to have a bit of dignity, you know, and, and a little bit of. I think when I edit this podcast, what I'm gonna do is <laughs> story about rubbing V into the
2: penis yeah. is gonna be the close I feel like that's a closer. <laughs> so, so the, the podcast is gonna end, there's gonna be a cut, it be like a bonus track on <laughs> I like the end. I've got all sorts of jokes like that, man. Does
5: <laughs> the guy with the garden know this arse?
1: Anyway, so we've got an audience <laughs> question over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 no, audience question
7: this better be better than a night was, was it a friend of yours? Is no, that... no, no,
1: no. Ah. Well, he is now. He is now. <laughs> <laughs> of he is. Um, what's yeah. your name, madam? Danek. Pardon? Danica. 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 Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> um, and what's your question? Um, um... Don't be scared of it when I put it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's
5: what the renowner said. This, this is going to be um, audio, isn't it? So
1: I would like to say I have a microphone. <laughs> yeah, don't be frightened.
7: Um, I'm a beauty therapist, and um, we used to be able to do a lot more treatments, like um, with sort of like chiral like, treatments, removing stuff and injectables and things like that. And they've now been said that they can only be done by doctors and nurses and also tease treatments. So that's now much a bigger burden on the NHS because people have to see a doctor. So my point was people should give us that work back. (laughs) 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 Reduce the cost
5: of everything on the NHS. I I agree because you're probably more qualified to do it than I am. I mean, I, I, I can inject things into people's skin, but I have no idea about how to inject, you know, botulism toxin into people's face in order to give them the perfect frown. I can paralyse their entire facial nervous system (laughs) using it, but I can't can't make them pretty. Izzy, uh, is, is there anything you'd like to plug? Yes, I do a, a
7: history podcast, you can tell, can't you? Uh, which you are very, very welcome to download It's had lots of exciting guests on Including people like Griff jones John Rodson, Natalie Haynes Exciting people talking about the obscure dead people that you've never even heard of For example, the woman who gave birth to rabbits And fooled the King's doctors for 10, 12 days that she could do this as medical, isn't it? Very tough, yeah. pretty awesome Anyway, if you like stories like this, please visit ZListDeadlist.com, download us on iTunes and that sort of thing. That's the ZList Deadlist. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> And
2: we're going to welcome our final policy maker. His name is Aidan Goley. Let's please put <coughs> together, <for Aiden> Goley.
8: <laughs> Hello. So basically, I've cured the NHS, I've solved the NHS problems, and I've solved the defence problems by getting rid of Trident, but still keeping the nuclear deterrent, and I shall tell you how. Trident, as we know, costs £100 billion pounds to keep, right? And this is the thing everyone's talking about. So, we don't do it. We take the £100 billion, right, take £50 billion of that, right, and give it to the Ministry of Defence, right? And then what they could do is therefore spend that, because it costs, to get a soldier fully equipped, it costs £70,000. Which means that if you spent fifty billion pounds on this, right, you could have seven hundred and fourteen thousand two hundred and eighty-five soldiers, fully equipped, ready to, you know, be peacekeepers and groovy, you know, do lovely things as well as, if necessary, defend you, right? Okay. Because um, currently there are one hundred and seventy-six thousand eight hundred and ten, so that's quite a significant improvement, I think, right? And then you send the other fifty billion and send it into the NHS, so that would keep everyone happy about the whole defence thing, right? Okay. However, there is another option. Which I think would be better, and all we need is the help from Dartford Borough Council. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, bear with me, bear with me. Okay. Now I googled this. Dartford Borough Council, right, have a reputation of being the worst for potholes and bad pavements and all sorts of things. The number of claims they've had against them, right, is the biggest in the country, right? So taking that information, right, okay. Now bricks cost two hundred and fifty pounds per thousand, right? Now, the circumference of Britain is roughly 5,000 miles, right? you with me so far? A brick is about 8.5 inches. Taking this roughly, if you combine a lot of that, if we get Dartford Council to put 40,253 bricks in a line around the coast, we can therefore defend ourselves and trip up any potential invaders. (laughs) Think about it, they come in, they won't be expecting it, they trip up, stub their toes, they go, fuck this, and they go, oh. Because the bricks, right, would only cost like about £11,000, right? Which would leave us with £99,999,900,000 to spend on bananas. Bear with me, right? Don't worry, I then mean, you look at me, you're going, Oh, we were almost with you up to that point, and now you've just gone fucking weird. Because bananas, right, okay, are very, very good for you, they really are, right? So if we get everybody to eat bananas, like every day, because bananas are fucking awesome, right? Bananas are radioactive, right? They have potassium in them, which is a little bit a thing. I mean, they're very slightly radioactive, they're not going to kill you or anything like that. So if we all eat bananas, we will all become slightly radioactive. <laughs> And if that happens, we will therefore become our own nuclear deterrent. <laughs> so, therefore, we get healthy, we defend the country, and we just stub back <laughs> people's toes. That's my plan. <laughs>
5: There's a lot to think about that. Uh, I, I uh, need to take issue with something. Oh, um, I thought I'm, I would. I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> but Bananas are also incredibly toxic. I have a friend who used to row at university and she uh, got into the habit of eating five bananas a day. Just one at breakfast, one at one at lunch, one between meals, one before she went to bed and one presumably during the night or something, I don't know. <laughs> um, and she ended up with, with a serious heart arrhythmia in hospital just from five a day. Now well, if we're going to eat enough bananas to remain radioactive, our hearts are going to stop beating.
8: Okay. Our hearts may stop beating. I think it's think, content. I, I can understand what you're saying, but I, I think possibly you may be taking this far too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to your I don't think it's really going to (laughs) work.
5: I I was working under the premise that I had to pretend it might work in order to to make my space on this stage at all relevant. (laughs) Otherwise, it's just you ranting gibberish and then us staying
1: silent for a while. Uh, (laughs) This isn't even a real (laughs) think (laughs) tank. So what Aidan is saying is, Surely there are creative ways we can redistribute the money we have got to make things work. No, like.
5: I'm
8: saying specifically.
1: <laughs> if only <Aidan> was saying. <laughs> no, but so, so there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot of um, scaremongering possibly about the NHS. So I mean, you know, I am probably a left-wing person. So I get a lot of stuff on Facebook saying the Tories are destroying the NHS. The NHS isn't going to last very long. Everything's going very badly like, That's what we're told is going on We, we are the best, best w- place What's in the made world to them? die
5: that, That's come out recently Okay. We, we have the best health service to die in So that, that's
3: something <laughs>
5: Yay, Yay.
3: That, That's important because so far Every NHS patient has died in the end That's true <laughs> 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 And it's not a flip- Point, because people imagine that if you spent more money on the health service, people wouldn't die. And that's not true, is it? Well, how much can, can we spend?
5: <laughs> it's just putting more money
2: into the NHS, will that help make things better in the NHS? Is it just funding? To make the staff feel happier. Eh?
3: But the things that affect our lives, most of them, are not under the control of the health service, any health service in the world. If, uh, if I had an extra 100 million, billion quid, I'm not sure I'd spend it on top three. Well, where would you spend <laughs> it at Small children. Give it to small children. <laughs> <laughs> start centres, nurseries, educate. We spend an awful lot of money uh, educating students. I think most of that's wasted. If we spend it on always. How here. dare you with our musical theatre students here! <laughs> <laughs> what would we do with that musical theatre? Children's brains are best at learning when they're very small. But we hardly spend anything on nursery education. I think,
6: was it the, the figure you said was 100 billion, is that right? I, I, yeah, right. yeah. Well, um, I did a bit of research and it, uh, obesity costs the NHS about 4 billion a year. And now that 100 billion cost was for um, the replacement for Trident over the next 40 years. So if obesity costs the NHS 4 billion a year now, and that's assuming that obesity rates don't go up, in 40 years that will be about 160 billion cost to the NHS. So if obesity continues to go up, it will cost even more than 160 billion. So rather than worrying about Trident and what's going to replace it, I think we actually need to do something to stop obesity in this or country. Or, scrap dry them, on
2: chips. <laughs> <laughs> bounce it out. Yeah, yeah. chips yeah. and
8: bananas, and yeah, therefore yeah. we just get rid of the weak. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit harsh, but fuck it. <laughs> that would stop the NHS having to do with people if we just no. wiped all out all at once. Yeah, okay, maybe a bit, you know, heavy. Your idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Nazi! But
2: all these things are, are... If you want to solve the obesity crisis, you, you, you have to put money into education. Uh, yeah, so so it, it's not just a thing you can do for free. Do you know That's what you should
8: do? I've got so, just, sorry, this is a sensible thought. Why not actually pay the nurses and the doctors the correct wage that they should be paid and therefore make it an aspirational job for young people to want to do and therefore they aspire to do it? Because how many young people these days go, yeah, I want to be a nurse unless it's a true vocational thing. Get the education out there, as you were saying. It, right? Well, lots of people so want to be nurses. It's just
3: the government won't train them. For every nurse training vacancy, there are at least ten applicants. We, the, we import nurses because the government refuses to train enough. It's not because people don't want to be nurses. Lots of people want to be nurses. Lots of people want to be doctors. I don't know how many applicants there are per place in medical school, but there are a lot more applicants than there are yeah. doctors, aren't there? I see. your
1: because um, we've probably got five minutes left, of we? To uh, solve all the problems of the yes. NHS. <laughs> so I mean, this is a broad, this is a broad subject. Stuff about funding for the NHS, what we can do about it. Has anyone got any questions? Anyone have got something to say? What's your name?
6: Alex.
1: Alex, lovely to bring you. Alex, what, what's your question? I do not have a question actually. I was going to
6: bring it back to bananas. <laughs> <laughs> and what I was going to say is, rather than eating the banana we could get rid of the nuclear deterrent and send them a lot of bananas with a little note about five a day now because we all know <laughs> what effect that will
1: have We can poison the enemy with too many bananas
3: <laughs> 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 That is a fabulous defence plan
5: yeah. wow. uh, uh, I, I like it, it. That's,
8: a, that's a good twist, excellent I, Alex, you're my kind of psychotic <laughs> <laughs> Send
3: them
6: a Trojan banana so oh, oh, then...
8: Trojan banana <laughs> Oh, what do you eat? do? They give us banana. It's It's
1: okay. Get it in the house. <laughs> It'll be great. Party time.
8: I don't know. It's kind of racist. so... <laughs> it's like
5: suddenly we're in
1: Fiddler on the Roof or something. <laughs> I feel like the audience got really restless so when we stopped talking about bananas and then we talking about bananas the whole time. Has anyone got any other questions? Think it can be about bananas if they have to be. <laughs>
8: Um, how about other radioactive foods? <laughs> <laughs> Brazil nuts? Brazil nuts. I think any radioactive option, uh, really, is fine. I don't know, I don't really think it that far. I do yeah, not as far yeah, as as Absolutely. A Brazil nuts, another classic <laughs> episode of House. Uh,
5: selenium classic <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in series five. But seriously, it's how I passed my medical degree. I, I've never opened a book. <laughs>
8: I do have a book called Ten Films of My Dad from the show that I was doing for five years that I've now stopped doing. I'm now doing a new show called Mr. Blue Sky, uh, which will be starting in October. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you like. Um, I often will now be talking about bananas, quite often. <laughs> <laughs> I feel usually gigs don't go this well for me, because uh, <laughs> I, I, I haven't done enough fruit-based stuff. Uh, so so I, I think we'll be doing a lot more fruit. I think, I think it'll be Mr. Mr. Banana. Do, think, yeah, um, do check out. <laughs> a- yes. Aidan is my mum's favourite comedian.
2: No, not uh-huh. <laughs> So basically,
8: this whole this scene here, you don't know this, but this is fucking awkward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go to our
2: panel uh, one by one. Which policy stuff out for you? Is there a policy which you're
3: going to go forward and support? Uh, I think the anger stuff. Partly because I don't think we spend nearly enough time and attention on mental health but also because I think it's important that people are angry and that they direct their anger at doing something useful with it rather than keeping it in. So the next policy was to
2: reduce anger, but you're creating a new policy which is to increase... I anger want, he, I want him to
3: use his anger to change the world. But Ross? Uh, I
6: think it is going to be radioactive bananas um, just because I think... Uh, it's open up a discussion about... That almost got a round (laughs) of applause. I just think, yeah, if if we talk more about kind of funding and where it goes and what we do with that kind of money and it's kind of people... We don't know enough in this country about what we spend our money on and where it goes. And I think if we had... you know, if maybe we could vote. I think it's Switzerland. They actually just recently voted on uh, not having any more warships. They voted to have... Um, They're a landlocked country. <laughs> <laughs> they, they voted for drones instead. It was actually the people who decided what they would have in their army, what capabilities. So I think if we were allowed to see more of kind of where our money was going, where it's being spent, I think... Okay, maybe we might be voting for radioactive bananas, but at the same time we might be voting to give junior doctors more money and you know better mental health facilities and stuff
5: like that. I'm all for more makeup and glitter. Woo! <laughs> um, yeah, so the I'm, 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 team change. jazz hands over there is uh, is, yeah. is, is yeah. loving like it as well. You know, if if we can get a bit of Disney onto the wards and a, 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 a bit more fussy, I'm I'm all for it. So I'm with I'm with Izzy. I want to make I want to make everybody in the health service look better to feel better. Uh, Izzy's policy was actually changed to boot needs. <laughs> <laughs> if, that, if that's where we're starting from the ground up, I don't mind. <laughs> uh, right, well, we're going to have an audience
2: vote, so we'll we do it by applause. Uh, we'll have the first applause for Nick's policy, which was to reduce the things that make Nick angry to improve our health. So, have an applause if you support that policy. One, two, three. <laughs> So that was four out of ten, maybe? Yeah, I think, I think it's about, yeah, four. It's a golfing thing. clap. Yes. <laughs> this is policy, which was to make people beautiful instead of focusing on their actual physical health. <laughs> um, I'm the I'm the, my the my elaborate clapometer that we've got <laughs> in the studio <laughs> has gone to eight, I think. I'm amazed that there's that much more support <laughs> for a policy which can change. Don't worry about getting skin cats. Age <laughs> 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 um, policy, which was to get rid of Trident and spend that money on both radioactive bananas and the NHS. One, two, three. I think that Aidan just surpassed his.
1: Yeah, We've well given it to Aiden, Joe. You have the final say. Uh, let's hear it for all of our panelists we have this evening. We have Kia Shields. Yeah, yeah.
0: go. That is the end of Think Tank 2. There will be another one at some point soon in the future, as soon as I get around to editing it. It It's really difficult editing podcasts. It just takes ages and ages to do. Um, But I will do it. There is another one which we recorded in Portsmouth about crime, which is brilliant, and that will come out soon. The comedians you heard in the second half were Izzy Lawrence, who is brilliant, I think we will all agree, and her podcast is called Z-List, so check that out. Aidan Goatley was on as well. He does not have a podcast, but he is really good. You can go and see him in live comedy clubs. Also, throughout the show, we had Gareth Richards. He was our roving reporter, and Gareth is just brilliant, so go and check out Gareth Richards' work as well. That is the end of the podcast. Bye!